Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thank you. How are we doing, church? I say that every time, but literally every other person has said the same thing. Oh, man. I have just been so cooked by Jesus this week. Like, I'm just being honest. We watched a movie the other night, and um, it was about like this um, lung transplant thing, and Jesus just wrecked me. (laughs) And then like we had prayer here on Friday morning, and Jesus wrecked me again. And then um, and then even just like uh, just driving in my car, and just the song, it just said, just there was like one lyric, it just said the name Jesus. I was just like crying and and oh man, I've just I'm so desperate for more of him. No, like like I I just can't do life without more of him. I I need more of him. Like I mm, I need more of Jesus. I need more of Jesus. No, like you don't get it. Like I need more of Jesus. And I believe there's people like that here today as well. But just just the mention of of the the beautiful name of Jesus, and like your knees just get weak, and your heart starts to race, and you feel the presence of God here right now, in this moment. So I thank you, Father. I thank you for your mighty presence in this place today. Holy Spirit, come. You're welcome. You're welcome, Lord. You're welcome. Just welcome him. Just welcome him in your own words. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're here, but you can come even more, Lord. Oh, Jesus, if there's something that isn't open to you, we open it now, Lord Jesus. Come, 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 Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, come do what only you can do. Speak to that, to that hard heart. Lord God, soften it in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I just, even just as I say that, I felt like there was someone in here and like, like you, you, you feel like your heart has gone cold. And it's just even, I just kind of saw it was like he had a, like a warm hairdryer, it's just like, ah, he's throwing it out. I'm still cooked. I don't know, there's probably not going to be much of a message today, but Jesus is here, so it's all good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So this month we've been talking, you guys can sit down if you want. We've been talking about the theme, which is uh, stand and build. Stand and build. And and Ross and Mary have been uh, released the vision for... Uh, Bayside Care, and you know we've have we've had all these other things like youth advance, and and that's something that's really close to my heart because I feel as a church community we can sow financially and it's going to reap an eternal seed. You know what I mean? Um, there's going to be young people that are going to receive Christ. There's quite a lot of kids that aren't Christians that are coming because we've made it available for them to come cost free, and their parents are just like, sweet, go, um, which is awesome. Uh, so God's going to move powerfully, but today I want to I want to talk about uh, built on fire, 
built on fire. Someone say this with me. Built on fire. Who knows that the church was birthed in fire? And for some reason, we think that we can do building projects and and grow churches without it. I think that's just stupidity. We need the fire of God. Church, I said we need the fire of God. We need the fire of Almighty God. I don't want to do anything without it. I don't want to have, you know, youth kids in this building without the fire of God. I don't want to uh, talk and run into a person at the shopping center without the fire of God. I, I just can't. I can't have someone come to me and say that they need healing for a tumor that's growing in the neck without the fire of God. Like, we church, we need the fire of God. And just recently, God's just burdened my heart so much for His Holy Spirit. And see, the Holy Spirit is not a thing, although we treat Him like that so often. We, we treat Him as a tool to get something, or, you know, we're going to use the Holy Spirit to receive a miracle, or we need the Holy Spirit to do His work for the conviction. But He's, he's, he's not an it. He's more than a tool. He's not a stepping stone onto something. He is a living person. The Holy Spirit is a living, breathing person. He's the third person of the Trinity. He is the presence of the Father. He's a representation of Jesus on the earth today. Jesus breathed everything into creation. And then he said, God is sitting on the throne in the place of authority Then he sent Jesus to do the work of redemption so we could receive grace and pay for the the debt of sin. And then it says that Jesus rose again and then he ascended. And now Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father at the place of authority. And now we have the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it is more, it's better, it's more beneficial that I go and you receive the Holy Spirit. Pastor Neil did an amazing job at revealing the, 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 um, the, the in full, um, not in fullness, we'll never know, but revealing more of the, what Jesus made available to us, the very Christ that received spit on his face from, a, from people said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. He poured out his blood and, and, and he says, like, that's amazing. And he says himself, it's better I go. Church, we don't know who we've got. We don't know who we've got. We have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the presence, power, and person of God on the earth active today. He is a person. That means He can be hosted, He can be pleased, He can be rejected, and He can be hurt. He can be honored. He can be accepted. We can give him as much space as we want or as little. If we can grieve him, that means we can make him be delighted. And if we can yield to him, if we can yield to the Holy Ghost, that means we can also resist him. My prayer is this today. 
that we become a people that truly know the honor of yielding to the Holy Ghost. I know yield is kind of like an old-fashioned word, but um, it makes sense in America. If you've been to America, they have yield signs instead of give way signs. And you, you come up to an intersection and you yield to oncoming traffic. It's as simple as that. You can very easily glance and go, but there's a yielding that's necessary. You wait until that oncoming traffic has passed and then you go. That's what it is, yielding. It's a yielding. It's that simple. How often in our day do we just get up and go and we never yield? How often have we come into a church service and we've never yielded? How often have we listened to an amazing word from Pastor Ross or Pastor Peter or Pastor Mary Lynn and we've never yielded to the Spirit? Holy Spirit is a person. He's experiential. He's tangible. He can be manifested. He's amazing. And the church is built on his fire. So, turn, How about this? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm built on fire. No, 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 no. You guys, you're like, I'm built on fire. Why don't you like get some gusto inside of you and... Just draw, draw that. You know, a lot of you are probably from Scottish background too. So just draw on that William Wallace, you know, just, I'm built on fire, fire. Draw on it, get that Daniel Calendar anointing on you. Fire, in Jesus' name. I'm built on fire. The fire of the Holy Spirit is the experiential power of God. You say, Matt, oh, you're preaching an experienced gospel. Life is an experience. Being born is an experience. Giving birth is an experience. Driving your car is an experience. Crashing your car is an experience. Coming to church can be an experience. Why wouldn't God be an experience? Why, why, do we, why do we expect an experience from everything else? We go to the cinema to have an experience. We go to get a massage to have an experience. We go to the surgery to have an experience. Why wouldn't we come to church to experience Almighty God? So I'm not going to preach for long. I'm really not. Because I believe the power of Almighty God is here today. And we're going to see miracles break out. We're going to see people's bodies healed. People will receive Jesus for the first time today. The power of God is here. The fire of God is here. So I've just got a couple of points just to try and put this together a little bit. You ready? Point number one. No fire, no church. No fire, no church. Not every building with a cross on it is a church. A church is where Jesus is hosted. 
no fire, no church. See, Acts 1 says this. If you want to get your Bibles and open it up with me to Acts chapter 1. I think we get way too familiar with these couple of chapters of Scripture, don't we? Honestly, when was the last time you just went, Acts chapter 1, rather than just thinking, oh, that was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, move on, let's go see something else, you know what I mean? Acts chapter 1, Jesus himself says this. These are the accountings um, of Luke, and uh, the, the gospel of Luke finishes up, and it continues in here. And so these are the last accounts of what Jesus said to his disciples. I don't know if you're like me, but um, when I was younger and I lived at home, if my mum was going out and she said something to me, like the last thing, something like, Matt, before I get home, I would love that washing hung out. I would take a mental note and make sure that thing is done because, because I, I don't want the wrath of my mother to come down on me. When I get home and those wash, that washing isn't hung on the line, like, are you serious? Like, the fear of mother comes upon you. You know what I mean? Like, all mothers know. They just got to switch. They turn it on. They look at you and you go, Matt, John Ironside, that washing better be hung out by the time I get home because it, it's perfect time for the sun to dry the clothes out right now. It's 10.30 a.m. Those bad boys are going to be dry by 2.15 p.m. And I'm coming home at 3. And if you hang those out at 1, they're going to be damp when I get home. And I don't want to use the dryer today. And it's just like you... So this, this is the last thing that Jesus says. So wouldn't it be important to us as well? Like, shouldn't we take a note? This is what he says. Chapter 1... Verse 7 and 8 says this, And he said to them, So Jesus, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in your own authority. It's like mother. She says she'll be home at 3, but it could be earlier. <laughs> so you, you get my gif? All right, verse 8. This is key. Ready? But you shall receive what? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be uh, witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea, you shall receive power. And you, where does that power come from? It comes from the fire. Because if we jump back in verse 5, he says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall. Can you, do you know shall is a done word? It's a done statement. You shall, not maybe you shall. Mum shall be coming home and she will be looking to see if, you, like, it's a done statement. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Shall. No church, no fire, no church. No fire, no church. Acts chapter 2 says this, Then when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place, and suddenly, it's like that. We read it and we go, and suddenly, and suddenly there came a sound 
Oh, the wind of the Spirit, the fragrance of heaven, the atmosphere from heaven split open the air molecules and the the distance, the barrier between the spirit realm of the third heaven came crashing in through this crack in time and there was a wind of the spirit, the sound. Suddenly there was a sound of heaven and it came upon each of the disciples like clothing tongues of fire or in other translations, they were endowed with fire their entire being was immersed in the tangible presence and power of God, of the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, we love the calculateds in church sometimes, but the suddenlies, the suddenlies, the suddenlies. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What makes us think that we can even survive the Christian life without fire? When, when, when Jesus made it possible to, uh, for us to be filled with the tangible power, miracle-working power of God, it made powerlessness inexcusable. Is that right? Inexcusable. The power of God is necessary. No fire, no church. You ready for another point? No fire, no growth. What makes us think that we can grow a church without the fire of God? We need, oh, we need a, we need a minds renewed by the presence of God. We need the fire of God. We'll go to a, a growth planning meeting before we'll go to God on our knees and say, God, I need your fire. I need your fire. Fill me with your fire, God. I just want to be so contagious with the fire of God. I need your fire. Lord Jesus, people need to know you. I need your fire. I need your fire, God. Some of you might have needed your coffee this morning. Sounds like a Presbyterian church out there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We need the fire. Acts 2, 41 says this, And 3,000 were added to their number. 3,000. Three, could you imagine the Holy Spirit falls right now? And suddenly... Holy Spirit and fire falls right in this place. And then Chris goes out in the street. And the next minute we know 3,000 people start filling this room. Try and plan that. Like, I'm not trying to have a go at people that love administration and planning. I'm just saying we need fire. Because like a theory or a the- a the- philosophy can't grow a church. Only the fire of God can. We need the fire of God. Another point, ready? No fire, no refinement or sanctification. No fire, no refinement or sanctification. The reason I'm using these words, right, is because I want us to get a grasp of the necessity of this. Because it's so easy to read the, 
the, the, the apostles' accounts of the tangible miracle-working power of God and just leave it there. Like I'm trying to show you what it would look like without it. The apostles would still be scared little teenagers locked up in a room. We need the fire, the tangible presence of Almighty God. No, ref- no fire, no refinement. First Peter 1 says this. Let me just turn there really quickly. Yeah, it's slow on me using a Bible, but I just love it so much. First this, First Peter 1 verse 2 says... Um, He's talking to a church. Peter's talking to a church, but we can actually account it to us. And he says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit. No fire, no sanctification. You know, when I was a boy, I'm a, um, I'm a PPK, Pentecostal pastor's kid. And uh, I grew up in a little town called Charleville in southwestern Queensland. And we had a church there. And uh, my family also had a cattle station, and we ran that, and we pastored full-time as well. And it was an amazing upbringing, but I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And, um, and you know, when I was young, I remember I'd, I'd play with my toy cars and my little action figurines. Who remembers, like, action men? You guys remember action men? I had, like, action men, big ones, little ones. And I'd play with these, like, under the chairs, and, um, and you know, the Holy Spirit would come, and you know there's some people in church that like that continuously, without fail, they're the first ones to like start manifesting because the anointing shows up. You know, you have Shondai over here, and she's like, Shondai, you know, and then the, and then the, that would set off Rondai over here. Ronda, 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 Ronda. And then we've got who tied the bow tie back there? Who tied the boat? Like, you know what I mean? And then that would set off that who, who shot the pecan down? Like, we have all these people. You, you're not into a laughing mood today? That's fine. <laughs> Tough crowd. It's cool. You have all these people that sense the anointing. I'm just a young boy. And, um, but the sad thing is, sometimes you'd see them go out into the car park and have an argument with each other. Like, there was no sanctification. They had the Shondais, the Rondais, the, the who tied my bow ties and who shot the pecan down. But there was no sanctification. Just because you come and speak in tongues doesn't mean you carry fire. If you come and you say, I think I experienced God, you didn't. Because when God touches you, you don't thinketh, you knoweth. <laughs> my wife's laughing at my jokes. It's good. <laughs> Thank you, Rach. And so I would see this as a young boy, right? Because I'd seen it all. Been to the conferences, been to the camp meetings, been in the... Pente- Pente- just grew up Pentecostal. I'm the most Pentecostal PK that ever lived you know what I mean like I've seen it all and it was all good loved every moment of it but I would see the Shandais the Rondais and 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 they'd be praising God you know all this speaking in tongues and then they'd have an argument outside and I just like God like there's got to be more than just Shandai Rondai and then argument you know what I mean like what is that so anyways I would take out my my action figures and in our church we had these 
glass pane windows and it was two panes, right? And the top one, normally if you wanted to let air in, you let it down, but the bottom one could slide up as well. You guys know the, the ones, right? Anyway, so I would, right where mum and dad used to sit, the, the row, it was right next to one of these windows. So I used to slip that bad boy up and just go straight out. And I'd be out there with some other rebel kids and um, I'd have my action figures out there and, you know, we'd be having um, salvation services for these action figures and, you know, like all of them would receive Christ and then the following Sunday we would have a baptismal service and we'd dunk these bad boys in the water and then after that we'd have a um, baptism of the spirit service and then before I knew it, my action figures and dolls and bears and whatever, rabbits or some random baby Joey we pulled out of the bush, they'd be filled with the Rondais and the Shondais as well. And, and then, you know, because, I don't know, 2000 toys aren't as good as what they used to be. So like the action man arm would fall off. And so then we'd have to have a healing service. And, and then, you know, mum would like glue the arm on. And, you know, if we wanted it back quick, it'd be five minutes super glue. But if we wanted a really good, powerful healing, we'd get mum to put the 24-hour stuff on there so it just wouldn't come off. And then he'd come back so we'd have to have a testimony service of the goodness of God. You know, like, this is what I grew up. But I was like, God... There's got to be more than, the, than just the Shondas and the Rondas. You know what I mean? I need the fire. And my heart ever since I grew up was, God, I can't do this unless there's more of you in it than me. And I hear conversation, conversation, even Pentecostal churches, they say, well, that's just the flesh. And I'm like, well, it can't be any more flesh than you're in right now with your arms crossed. You know what I mean? Like, how much worse can it be? Some of you are like, <laughs> gotcha. I'm trying. You know, like God is so experiential. He's so powerful. I was talking to a new Christian friend like probably a year ago, and we were talking about people falling out under the power of God and people, you know, uh, manifesting demons, all this sort of stuff. Like all the, all the um, manifestations of the person of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, to be perfectly honest... I'm not surprised we just, when God touches us, we don't just pop, like just explode. Like the very God that spoke, let there be light, and it was just like, whew, everything, oceans, sea creatures, living creatures, like people walking around, like dust formed a man, and then he took a rib out and made a woman, and like, and now he actually touches us because the Holy Spirit is the tangible presence, power, and person of God. He's not a part. He's all of God. He touches us, and we have a problem with people falling over. Like, I'm surprised my head just doesn't just pop. Like, like, that's how big my God is. He's so big. So I was, as a young boy, I've always been like, I need your fire. I need your fire. I don't just want to be Shandai Rondai and still be in the flesh. I need my flesh to be refinement. This word sanctification seems like a big Christianese word, but in all honesty, all it means is when one thing becomes mutually like another. So the image of Christ, we start to be sanctified into the image of Christ. The worship team are hurrying me on. Is this okay, church? 
I've literally got like one more point and then we're done. No fire, no power. No fire, no power. Translations of the Bible in Acts um, 1, 8, it says that you will be um, endowed with power. You will be seized with power. Jesus actually says, like, do not go anywhere. Stay in Jerusalem. Don't even, don't even think it, don't think it, don't think it, don't go anywhere. Stay. Stay. Because, and this is what Jesus knew. I cannot have a church that has no power. Stay there. Stay there in that room. Stay there until these disciples had no end date for how long they had to stay there. Stay there, waiting, waiting for the Holy Spirit, waiting for the Holy Spirit. A lot of us come to a church and it's like 10.30, when's he going to wrap it up? I've got lunch. But like stay there, the Holy Spirit. There's some things, like some parts of the glory of God that just straight out take time. They just take time. Anyone that's known God for a long time knows that some parts of him take time. Because in the waiting, it reveals our character. In the waiting, it reveals our heart. In the waiting, it reveals how much actually do you really desire God. Does this make sense? I'm not saying every meeting has to be six and a half hours and 33 seconds. I'm just saying that, are you willing to wait? Wait on the Lord. Wait for his power. Don't depart. Wait. Are you willing to wait? No fire, no power. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this. A lot of you know it. The spirit, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Love and a sound mind. We love to use the sound mind part, and it's everything that. But you notice he says power first? Like, if we value Scripture, that's the first thing he said. When the fire comes, yes, power. Power, dunamis power. Ephesians talks about the explosive dynamite, like, breakthrough power of God. Ephesians 1.19 says that, um, uh, he talks about the way that you, ex- there he goes, and, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards those who, what? Believe. That's all it takes. Believe. God, I want your fire. 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 We must be desperate for a greater tangible encounter with the Holy Ghost and fire. Will you guys stand with me? I'm just going to wrap up and then we're just going to spend some time. I really feel that God is actually just desiring to have an encounter with his people today. I feel the tangible power of God in this place. I just feel it buzzing through my veins. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. I can feel the spirit of God just wanting, just break open the hard shells of people's hearts today. Just wanting to encounter people. Like, oh, oh. he is so close if we just invite him just a little bit more. 
Yes, he's here. Yes, he's in you. Yes, he lives in you if you've received Christ. But he wants to come in power. He wants to come in fire. He wants to shake this place so even the walls shook. Actually, the scripture doesn't say that. It says the place shook. Even the air molecules in the air just started rattling because the king of glory was bursting at the seams waiting to come in. Even the ribs inside their chest was rattling like wind chimes. Even their brain just shut off. And I was just like, oh, the fire! Come, Lord! If your assignment is obtainable without a greater encounter, you must raise your vision. When I was young, I remember a preacher come and he was telling the story of of a um, a, a cowboy in America in the uh, um, 18th century. And um, well, 1800s. I know that's right. 1800s. And um, and he would go to um, Native American Indian tribes and villages, and he would preach the gospel. And he'd see many people saved. True story. And and during one of the services, he had the Indian chief come up, and the Indian chief said, "Me no one, little Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! 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 Me one." Big Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Like this is the expectation that we have to come with. Sometimes we see the Rondas and the Shondas. Hallelujah. 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 But when I was called into the ministry of God, I was like, I don't want no small little room that the Spirit lives in. I want Him to fill every part of my being. I want the big Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost that blows my mind. I want the Holy Ghost that blows my expectations. I want the Holy Ghost that leads me into places that I'm far out of my depth. But I know that the power of God is flowing through me. When I have people come to me and saying, my back is healed, I've got a, my back's I'm broken, I've got a, a bulging disc, or someone that says I've got lung cancer because of years of smoking, or someone that says their brain is just in turmoil because of the drug abuse, or I've got a, a parent saying that we can't have a baby, I need a baby, can you pray for us? I need a big Holy Ghost. I need fire. I need to carry power. We have to be desperate for the fire of God as a community, as individuals, in our prayer time, in our alone time. We have to be desperate for a greater impartation of God's Spirit, whether that comes today through someone laying hands on you or it comes through where you are on your bedside kneeling before the Father saying, God, send your fire. God, send your fire. It doesn't matter. We need the counter of the Holy Spirit. We need something built up on us that it says, God, I need your fire. You say, Matt, what does it look like? What does desperate look like? It looks like this. It looks like Abraham leaving his father's house on his way to an unknown land because getting lost is far better than being, than being disobedient to a word from God. It looks like a Shulamite woman dragging a prophet back to a dead corpse only to have him have a nap on it. The very thing that the prophet prophesied into being now needs life breath. It looks like a tax collector in a tree wishing he, he could only just get a glimpse of the man called Jesus. It looks like a Roman centurion with the faith to say, just your word teacher and I know where the miracle will take place. It looks like a Samaritan woman on the floor after being called a dog replying even the dogs 
eat the crumbs from that ball from the master's table. It looks like a leper on his knees at the feet of Jesus, breaking every law of Moses concerning leprosy, begging, saying, Rabbi, if it's your will, it looks like Peter and John sprinting to an empty hole in the ground because the possibility of their king's corpse being tampered with. It looks like a teenage girl crying out to what he, what she thought was a gardener saying, Sir, if you know that I have moved, my Lord, please tell me and I will retrieve him, knowing full well that she had no ability to physically transport a dead body three times away on her own, only to realise she was speaking to the resurrected Christ. It looks like 120 people in a prayer room with no end date inside on, on the directions that do not depart until you have been seized with Holy Ghost power and bathed in the supernatural fire of God. The Holy Ghost is tangible. Right now there's people, your heart are burning. Come, come to the Lord, come to the Lord. If you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about, come to the Lord. He's here, He's tangible. He's wanting to reach out you. He's wanting to pull you out of the kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. The Scripture says that you are dead in your sin. Come to life, choose life. I'm putting the salvation call out there. If you don't know this King of glory, that is the baptizer in fire, I encourage you, come. You're not coming to a preacher. You're not coming to an altar call. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Woo! The Holy Ghost is a tan is tangible. He is unrelenting. He is immeasurable. He is wild. He is fierce. Hebrews 12, 29 says, Our God, our God is a consuming fire. Matthew 3:11 says. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. Receive the baptizer, receive the baptism. Receive the baptizer, receive the baptism. I don't have a fancy prayer today. I don't have a fancy uh, sermon today. But what like, like what Paul said, Corinthians, he says, I did not come with to you with eloquent words or eloquent speech that you would be persuaded in your mind by man's words, but I came with demonstrations of the power of the fire, of the tangible experience of the living God, the presence, power and person on the earth today. I have come that you might know that it is God who revealed this. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.